what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the kings and priests podcast i'm michael whittle and i'm here with my co-host dean sweetman dean how are you man i am good i'm good i've been on the road and just got home last night and gonna be home for a well i go to dallas for a night on monday but uh, nice just a little t- <laughs> plenty of work trips but it's good to be home and you were just in la the previous I few days I a little I had a little mate's golf trip last week to Whistling Okay. Street. Yeah. And you know, I'm not a boastful person, but I did win the money. Nice. That was good. Nice. And then uh, flew, that was in uh, Wisconsin. And then I came back for a night and then went to LA and went to the All In Summit. The All In cool. Summit. Yeah. I, okay. So I want to hear um, all about that. They've been kind of releasing the different talks and yep. conversations i honestly haven't had a chance to to listen to any of them but i saw one with uh elon i saw there was one with bill Gurley, um and i'm sure there was a bunch more so like give us the give us yeah. like maybe the big picture like what did you leave yep. thinking and then maybe we can um, dive into some of like maybe the most more the ones that you think are most you know topical yeah. for, for our audience like the overview was there was 700 VIPs, which I was one, another 1,000, 1,100 kind of other. So there's 1,800 people. The networking side of things, which was not why I was there, mm-hmm. is very difficult. I met a handful of people, founders, right. investors, real estate guys, software guys, like good, shook hands, had some small talk, Yeah, zero on the network thing that's going to benefit you know my world. But I right. wasn't there for that, so that's that. If you're going to go and pay money and you think you're going to network with a couple thousand people, they threw some great parties. You know, I couldn't hear on the first night. The second one was in on Santa Monica Pier. That was terrific. And then I didn't go to the third one. Right. Um, two days of seven hours of people speaking for like mm. 45 minutes each was epic. So much knowledge. Like, man. It, and then it didn't, in the end, you're like, you're having a, like, I'm going to go back and watch a lot of them, you know? Um, but absolutely like Ray Dalio, Elon, Bill Gurley, um, <laughs> fusion energy, gene therapy, like the, br- the breadth of, you know, the speakers was just truly stunning. And so a hundred percent love the content and it was great being in the room, watching it live and. You know, I sat up the front on, on the first day and kind of hurt my neck because I'm looking like this all day. And then on the second day, I sat in the balcony and was happy to be back. Um, and it was just phenomenal. Bill Gurley, if you get to what you got to watch that session. It was, it took him 20 years to put like this 20 minute slide deck together. Oh, wow. Like it's What his, was the topic of it? Um, it, it was all about um, government regulation, destroying free enterprise. It was the most smackdown, you know, of all time. And, and um, Vinod Kosla, Kosla Ventures, legend, 67, you know, put 3 million in Juniper Networks, took out 3 billion, you know, a couple of years later, like just legendary investors. Um, so, you know, the gene therapy, this woman who was uh, she, like, literally these kids have a gene that makes them blind. And she, with gene therapy, removed the broken gene, put in the gene back and they can see. Wow. Like unbelievable. Um, and she was a very good presenter. 
the the um, fusion energy, like think of a shipping container providing energy for 40,000 homes for one cent per kilowatt, like, and it's going to happen in our lifetime. Um, unbelievable. Mm. Um, so just, just, you know, Larry Summers, economist, he's a, he's a kind of Democrat leaning guy, but, um, but really good, like phenomenal, you know, are we going to have a soft landing? Or are we going to have a crash landing? Yeah. Like what was the like, consensus there? Does he, what did he have a prediction? Um, he, he said, you know, we still don't know that the, the plane was off course, crashing into the ocean. We turned it around. We're trying to land on the aircraft carrier and he doesn't know if it's going to land or it's going to overshoot or, or go sh short and crash into the ocean. Like it's like, but at least we're back on course. It's his consensus. Um, a lot of geopolitics, Ray Dalio and others, China, Taiwan, are we going to go to war? Like, how do we contain China? Like tons of stuff on that. Um, mm which was all enjoyable. So it was just an absolute, like, I hadn't been in a conference like that in 10 years where I sat and listened to every speaker and enjoyed every one of them. Like, like some brainiac people that I barely understood what they were talking about. Um, and, but it was just phenomenal. Learn, like just getting, learning new information. And, um, you know, the, the, the all in guys did a great job presenting they're all great funny as all get out giving each other hell mm -hmm. uh, in between sessions um and you know it was worth going cool was there anything like practical that you took away or was it i, I mean i know all of their stuff is predominantly like very big picture macro type mm -hmm. conversations you know i mean but was there anything yeah. practical that you took away that's like just something that we should all be I thinking mean, about yeah, probably it wasn't one of those, you know, couple of days. It was, it was more of a, I got challenged. I did come away thinking, man, I want to go and start 10 more companies. So in, in that sense, that didn't help because I have a company and I'm very focused, but um, I, I came away pretty inspired, you know, like to, um, and, and, you know, ultimately America is the greatest place on earth to, mm -hmm. to create businesses and create wealth and, um, just listening to all the speakers. And so I think it was just two days of being challenged. I was tired, man. I got home and like each night, like listening to that much information. Oh yeah. That'll, that'll hurt your brain for sure. Was a challenge, but, but it was good for me. You know, I'll listen to a podcast for a couple hours, maybe in the car or on the plane. Um, but yeah, just being in that setting was good for my brain to get really stretched. And I, I stay really focused, you know, during, I'm not a note taker, so I don't do that kind of stuff, but I sit and listen and absorb. And I usually kind of funnel, everything comes in the funnel. And at some point, you know, there'll be things that I learned that pop out that, that will be helpful in different parts of my business life and my personal life. So it, it was just a good challenging couple of days to be around really smart people, smarter than me. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Anytime you get a chance to be around a bunch of really smart people, you know, you close your mouth, you open your ears and you take it all in. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you hear, uh, Chris Christie on, uh, did you I listen did. to that episode yet? So here's my thing. I actually think, and if you, if you listen to this podcast and you hear all in, like I know for some people, those guys or some of them are kind of, not all those guys have the best street rep and just in terms of like, 
you know, Chamath's been coming under so much fire online the last few right. weeks. And so I know sometimes people can think of these guys and, and sometimes we'll like set aside. I'm not going to listen to that because of, you right. know, whatever reason, but the, the big picture value that you get from listening, I think it's the most important podcast, probably the most important media outlet, I think in the country right now, you have for the first time ever presidential candidates going and having two long plus hour long form right. real discussions with these people. Yeah. And it's insane. Like, I, I don't yeah. know how a presidential candidate wins in this next cycle without doing something like that, because well, I it, think it paints a candidate in a whole new light when you listen to them for two hours like that. Agree. Agree. I think um, Nikki Haley's going on. I think uh, they're trying to get Trump, which I saw that that would be <laughs> that would be epic. Um, but I think it's a great like I've never been to a town hall where the politician stands up for you know an hour or two and just talks about their policies and mm -hmm. takes questions. Mm -hmm. But this is better than that. You got four smart people asking you questions about things and your position on things, and you know, in Christie's, I didn't really know Christie. Right. I remember him Same. He was the governor of New Jersey mm -hmm. and like my perception of him was I didn't have one, but I learned a lot about his, you know, policy positions, which like 90% of them I like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was really good. I know. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, fascinating cool. all that they're able to weave together. Okay. I want to read a tweet to you that I read this week. Um, oftentimes in this show, we'll take, you know, ideas that are thrown out there by these sort of like entrepreneurship business influencer thought leader people and just kind of, you know, push them up against our worldview, our faith. Um, this is from uh, someone named Cody Sanchez. She's, you know, massive online, runs a bunch of businesses, has thousands and thousands of followers. And she tweeted this and uh, I wanted to hear what you thought. She said, you don't need hobbies. People use hobbies to distract them from their life. When you love what you do, you let the doing consume you. Pottery and pickleball just ain't interesting enough. <laughs> um, I like. I disagree. She's, you know, I I was gonna say I I disagree completely. Um, I think this she? sort of like just grind, grind. I think she's like in her like late thirties, probably. There you go. Um, but I think like what I wanted to ask you is like you have maybe not a ton of hobbies, but you'll take off in the middle of the week and go play golf and like uh, talk yeah. to me about hobby and actually why hobby is super necessary and important, especially when you're working hard. And I know there are different seasons of life. Like, look, I'm in a super critical season in our business. I have two young kids, like <laughs> hobbies get pushed to the side, but there are times in life yeah. where you can, and you're afforded that ability. Like, why is that tweet just totally? It's a stupid you know, tweet. Um, like, I think, like, you know, as a Christian, there's our spiritual dynamic of which we want to get strength and understanding and learning from God via the Holy Spirit. There's our physical world where we try to stay healthy and work out. And then there's your soul. And your soul is the, is the kind of feel good factory. Like, you need to, you need the soul to be fed. And the way I see, you know, how my soul stays healthy is by doing things I enjoy that are outside of my work, that are outside of my commitments to this, that, and the other. It's just, it's just dumb stuff I do that makes me feel good. 
So, you know, my wife loves to needlepoint, right? She'll sit there, she'll draw these immaculate kind of things and she'll color them in and she'll spend three months. And it just blesses her soul. She'll sit in bed and have a show on or whatever. But she'll, you know, I like to golf. I, I actually like, I like, we play pickleball. <laughs> pickleball so, so fun. I know. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it's it. It's also called so, exercise, you know, it's good exercise. Yeah. It, look, at, at 7,500 feet, playing pickleball is exercise, trust me. So I think when you say things like that, you're not understanding that you're a three-part being. You have a spiritual part, you have a physical part, but you have this soul, which is the mind, the intellect, you know, the personality, who you are as a, a person. And so you got to feed that. Like you got to feed your spiritual and your physical. And I think uh, hobbies do that. And if you don't have a hobby, you need to get some hobbies. And it do, it helps with things like, you know, you build friendships because often you're doing things with other people. Sometimes your hobby is maybe solitude. Maybe you're with people all day and you just need to do something by yourself for yourself. And I think that's a healthy thing. So mm -hmm. I would totally disagree with her and promote hobbies all day long. Right. Yeah. I love it. Um, so it's your, okay. So I'm going to, I want to give us a little bit of a tease for our next episode because, mm -hmm. um, our friend, Nathan Finocchio, um, wrote a Substack article, uh, on work and he's been going in on Gen Z and millennials and their obsession with Sabbath and rest and work and life and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and so he wrote this post this last week and I want to, I want to give us like a bit of an intro to it. And then next week I want to okay. like walk through some of it and, and unpack it because, um, it's really fascinating. Um, and it's called rediscovering the holiness of work. Um, Love and it. he kind of starts out and he just says this, um, uh, for the first time in my life, I'm watching viral TikToks of Gen Z kids lambasting work. Why should I waste my life working? They say that's literally ridiculous. This isn't a peripheral view. It is actually encouraged by all the millennial get rich quick entrepreneurs and Gen Z and Gen X success coaches, the four hour work week type people. And then he says, you know how baby boomers worked all the time. They were workaholics and wage slaves. What idiots. Here's a better way to live your life. There's no point in working hard anyways. You can't even buy a home. The baby boomers bought them all. And now all of our lives are over. <laughs> Um, he said, there's an entire cottage industry around baptizing laziness and lack of self-control as self-care. Um, oh and then he sort of goes on to just break down work, what work is, what the Bible says about work versus, versus right. Sabbath and all that kind of stuff. And then he just says, I suppose this is a generational cycle. One generation busts their back. The next gets educated and wealthy. The next gets educated and lazy and the next gets impoverished. So um, I agree. any just initial thoughts on that? And then next week, I want yep. us to dive into work and yep. all of that. He's 100% correct. Um, the Bible says, if you don't work, you know, you shouldn't eat. Mm -hmm. um, he that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. So scriptures are pretty clear. And essentially, the Judeo-Christian work ethic is really what, you know, launched just about everything, the industrial revolution, like everything we have now is because of a culture of working hard. Now, can you overdo it? Yes. You know, the three work environments that I know pretty well is the US, Australia, and Europe. And Europe is a four day week with many six, seven, eight weeks of vacation, um, retirement at 55, 56, government looks after you for the rest of your life. 
Um, not a lot of innovation coming out of Europe. Australia is kind of in between and the US has a very like, you've got to work at a company many years to get four weeks of vacation. Australia, it's automatic. You start a job, you, you earn four weeks of vacation. Okay, there's a balance. There's a work-life balance. I believe in all that. Um, but if you look at productivity and what's changed the world in the last hundred years, where does it, where is most of it come from? One country, right. country that works the hardest. So, hey, you might not want to benefit from all that. You might not want to achieve. You might want to, you know, I know people, they're happy earning what they earn and they look after their families and they're not ambitious. That's fine. But I, I think this idea of like selling a course online and, 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 you know, like it's just, A, it's not biblical and B, it's stupid. You're not going to be productive. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we're made to work and we derive, especially as men, we derive a lot of our self-esteem from achievement and work. And so it's, it's, we can talk about it more next week, but it's, it's, it's intertwined in a lot of mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of things are, you know, intertwined in, in work and, you know, no one likes to have, we've all had jobs we hate. So you, what you're trying to do is do work that you love. And then it's not even work. You spend 60, 70 hours a week doing things that you love and it's not really work, but it provides for your family and, and potential others. And what about this? You're called to be generous. Like the people that, that like, Oh, I just want enough for me. I'm like, well, that's selfish. You know, you're called to be generous and help the poor and, and do good for others, you know? And, uh, how can you leave hundred dollar tips for waitresses who are single moms? If you just have enough for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So being a Christian and not working and not desiring to be prosperous, you're, 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 you're off the mark. Mm-hmm. So love that's it. all I'll say I love about it. that. <laughs> We're going to jump more into it next week. I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. A, a bit of a different kind of conversation than we've had, but I think people will really enjoy it. Dean, thanks again. Uh, if you're listening to this, you know, follow us on all social medias, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, we love getting to chat. Uh, every single week. So reach out to us with questions and we'll chat to you soon.